This is Scott Becker with a combined episode of Becker's Healthcare and Becker Private Equity Podcast today. We're joined by a leading executive from one of the private equity-sponsored companies. Uh, we're, we're joined by a great CEO, Robbie Allen. He's the CEO of a company called One GI in the GI space. He's going to talk to us today about what is sort of the private equity view of investing in healthcare. What is he seeing? What trends he's watching? You know how if you know how should physicians or hospitals think about these things if they should and so forth. Robbie, can you take a moment and introduce yourself? And then I'll tee you up with what you're seeing in healthcare investing by private equity today. Uh, thanks for having me on again, Scott. Um, I'm the CEO of One GI. We're a private equity sponsored um, MSO in the GI space, uh, sponsored by Webster Equity Partners out of Boston. And um, it's just an honor to be back on with you. So pleased to chat it up. No, thank you so much. And what happens is now in, in the in the healthcare world, people talk about service lines, verticals like the orthopedic service line or the oncology service line or the neurosurgery service line or whatever it might be. In in private equity, they talk about being in spaces or in the GI space versus the GI area, whatever it might be. But but talk about some of how does private equity sort of view healthcare? You've been through this now for a couple decades, you know, early on a pioneer sort of in this intersection of healthcare and private equity. What are some of the things, the trends that you're watching? What do you see out there in terms of investing by private equity in healthcare? Well, I think you're seeing private equities long viewed healthcare as a safe space, a harbor in the storm, if you will. Um, as my grandfather used to say, there's always going to be churches, bars, and hospitals. I think that is proving to be a little bit different now as everybody is reevaluating investment theses and looking at how they're deploying capital. Particularly with the debt markets, they're just it's a lot tougher to put together big deals. And so private equity is still very interested in healthcare because we're going to need it, but they're very interested in shaping and shifting and being a part of the conversation and what it's going to look like. And they tend to be really good efficiency operators in doing just that with any business they invest in. But the big trend that I'm watching is the tides out. Uh, to kind of borrow a Warren Buffett term. And so they're much more careful, even in healthcare, in terms of putting money into large deals. And there are several examples recently of deals that haven't been done or, or came out very differently than we first thought. And it's largely just a function of there's not a lot of dumb capital flowing around healthcare anymore. Whereas I, I would argue strongly there was a lot of uh, ill-informed, naive, uh, dumb being a little overly pejorative, but just kind of naive capital in the space, excited to be in healthcare. Now with with SOFA rates kind of approaching almost equity returns in terms of real borrowing costs, they've gotten very savvy. Fundamentals, can you think about healthcare as a business? Are you retaining your physicians and are they happy? And when you think about the space, are you being innovative and different and and sort of skating to where the puck's going to be in five years? Those companies are seeing robust investment activity, very robust investment activity. But but take a moment on one of the things you talked about. You talked about, and I'll put it one bit of a different way. You started with the cost of debt being much higher. And when the cost of debt is much higher, I know in some of the, the, the debt that's being taken out, by private equity sponsored companies, it 
you know, numbers are approaching 10, 12 percent versus six, seven percent a couple of years ago before the Fed funds rate went up so much. And that becomes a much bigger challenge when margins are tighter in healthcare. So the physician practice business, whenever I talk to a physician or a practice, their margins are just tighter, not to mention at the hospital health system level, where margins have been so eroded the last couple of years because labor costs and the input costs are so much higher than they were and reimbursement has not really kept up. Talk about that, that erosion of margins coupled with what private equity typically uses, which is a lot of debt, which makes private equity a lot more cautious about investing. Can you expound on that a little bit further? Sure. I, it's a great question because it's forcing um, kind of over equitized transactions. When you think about this, you're deploying more equity often. And in order to get the return, what they're looking at now increasingly is does whatever we're investing in have the ability to to generate return without the debt leveraging at the levels that we've previously seen it. And so what that means is, do I see that this business can be done differently? Is there digital leveraging points? Is there, is there a patient access angle here that we can innovate across this, which is candidly can be scary in healthcare as it, the only way to get those margins is by doing the business in a more innovative or different way. There's no financial engineering component that's readily available. There's no free capital. And you're right, everything costs more in healthcare right now and, and is a lot likely to decline. And so that's driving the investment decisions. It's why you're seeing so much attention being paid to businesses, for example, in the progressive outpatient space that used to rely heavily on inpatient, think cardiology, think about the specialties that used to be very tied to a hospital architecture and asset heavy that have more recently started looking in the PPM space, at least, at how do we do this in a more efficient, cost-effective way that's able to deliver returns that private equity is looking for without using financial engineering behind it. And talk for a moment, you don't see private equity investing in big inpatient acute care health systems and hospitals. You've seen a little bit of it, the Stewart Health System, a little bit of it. There's a pipeline system out in California, but you don't see a lot of it. You see much more of that money allocated towards technology, towards outpatient facility businesses, to some of these businesses at the crossover at cardiology, orthopedics, and so forth. Do hospital system executives feel good that they're left out of this game, or is that just a sign that margins in big health systems are just challenging? Well, I, I would argue that they probably feel good for the wrong reasons. Um, private equity, historically, uh, on the whole, uh, taken as, a, as an industry, hasn't done a very good job um, reputationally, even financially, uh, most of the time in the asset-heavy kind of infrastructure space of healthcare. Um, in fact, they've made, they've made some some fairly spectacular errors that, uh, that have really gone poorly from a PR standpoint, from a financial standpoint. I would argue that they're happy they're left out, but the reason they're being left out should cause alarm and concern. Private equity over time is very good at focusing on the material aspects of the problem, the top three kind of priorities to fix to drive that value. And if they're not looking at you, then typically that means in your face, you're either out of that or it's it's completely opaque and, and nobody knows how to do that. I would argue in, in the hospital sector, 
that asset heavy, we built this beautiful thing with lots of assets and stuff in it. And therefore you should come to us and pay a higher rate instead of here's the value we're delivering. That piece of the equation, the hospital systems are by and large well behind the curve on. And that's going to keep investment dollars out for now. You mentioned something that I thought was a great comment about private equity. And it's the same thing of great CEOs and great leaders in health systems, great CEOs of private equity sponsored companies and, and great investors is they're really able to focus on the top two or three things that make a difference. When you look at that type of thinking, how often do you see that thinking? And how often do you see sloppiness in that approach as well, where people either don't really figure out what are the top three things they have to focus on or, or, or can't bring the discipline to really keep focused on those? Because you mentioned that, but I see the same thing with great leaders in the health systems, great leaders in businesses uh, like yourself, great, great investors. How often do you see investors able to really investors and leaders really be able to focus like that and stay focused on it? I think it's the differentiator. You called it out correctly. Um, in the past, uh, it's very easy to spot the places where that is evident and the businesses in which um, that's the focus, either by the investor. And generally, it's it's everybody well aligned around those three things that drives powerful success. And you've seen it in hospital systems as well. There are several standout systems that have delivered on this value, not so much private equity back, but I would call it rarer than it should be. And I think the last 50 years, that's simply been a function of it was easy to manufacture money um, in a return, either real or imagined. In almost every area of medicine, except the hospital space. And so that that leads to a certain sloppiness of discipline. And I think what you're seeing now, now that the tide has definitely moved out, those companies are rising to the top really quickly. And so as you look at the discipline behind the private equity funds that are really good at this, and there are plenty that are excellent at this, um, they're rising up and it's much easier to spot who good partners are. Um, you know, physicians often like to kind of be a bit negative around private equity. And there are plenty of private equity funds that I would join them in saying, I, I would probably not partner with them. And then that leaves out the other side of the equation that you're pointing out. There are a lot of them that are really good at bringing the focus and the discipline to improve a business for everybody in it, all the stakeholders. Thank you very, very much. No, I, I love that. I, I serve on a couple of boards and periodically I see leadership that is so clear about what has to be done to be great in whatever it might be. And, and, and I love that thinking, and I see it from great system CEOs, Johnny Spiso of UCL Health, UCL Health, UCALLA Health, my goodness, who is always so good about saying our first focus is safety and quality and just doing great by patients. And our next focus is great, great physicians. That clarity of what do we have to be great at, what do we have to do, is, is so becoming and so, and so wonderful in leadership. And we see it from great private equity funds that are really good at focusing on this is what has to be done. And that's something we see with great leaders like, like yourself, quite frankly. Take one moment more, Robbie, on what are you most focused on and excited about this coming year? Where are you most focused? You know, this, <laughs> I laugh about this because I'm always focused around alignment. And in, in healthcare today, the last four years have been really tough, um, scary even for, for physicians, for staff. There's a lot of upheaval, a lot of change, and change, even when it's good, causes a lot of just uncertainty and doubt, fear. 
So I'm always focused on alignment, but my top focus this year is our people. It includes our physicians, but it's our people. At every business, they're the powering device that makes all of this stuff work. And to your point about UCLA's system, you've got to focus on, on the constituent stakeholders inside the business. So from a, a holistic point of view, that's my top focus. From a sort of tactical and operational point of view, our team is really focused on how do we deliver meaningful innovation in a, in a traditional specialty like GI. Um, how do we think differently about everything from staffing models, but also care delivery in particular, and easing patient friction through the system? You know, the more healthcare the patient experience of it can be akin to oversimplistically Uber, uh, the more we're going to get patients who are engaging with that system um, in, in an effective way. And the more we see, the more we can meaningfully impact population health. Thank you very much. Robbie, it's always a pleasure to visit with you. You've got great clarity of what you see out there and what's going on out there. We appreciate it uh, uh, tremendously. Uh, again, Robbie Allen, CEO of 1GI, thank you very much for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, the Becker Private Equity Podcast. Thank you very much. My pleasure, Scott, always.